Welcome to The Lawyerist Podcast, a series of discussions with entrepreneurs and innovators about building a successful law practice in today's challenging and constantly changing legal market. Lawyerist supports attorneys building client-centered and future-oriented small law firms through community, content, and coaching, both online and through The Lawyerist Lab. And now, from the team that brought you the Small Firm Roadmap and your podcast hosts. Hey, y'all. I'm Zach Glazer, the legal tech advisor here at Lawyerist, and this is episode 381 of the Lawyerist podcast. Today, we're diving into another sponsored podcast episode. In these, we're joined by a legal voice or company, and we discuss the newest features, happenings, and trends in the legal world. Again, we're excited to offer these episodes to our audience, and we hope you enjoy them. Today, I'm joined by Lawmatics founder and CEO, Matt Spiegel. And we'll be talking about saving time and getting more clients through automation. I'm Matt Spiegel, the founder and CEO of Lawmatics. I'm very excited to uh, to be here with you today, Zach. Matt, I'm excited to have you here. Not only are you the founder and CEO of Lawmatics, but you also started my case, which is still going strong in the law practice management area. And Lawmatics, I have some difficulty categorizing it sometimes, but you're in the, the CRM, the client relationship management space, really. Yes. Yes. We are a, a full stack CRM. The way that we look at it and the way that we'd like the market to look at it is, you know, CRM is designed to really help you manage every aspect of your client relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's start to finish. So from the moment that you are first contacted by a client all the way through their case and after their case has been handled by your law firm. That is all part and parcel of the relationship. And so our software is designed to help you manage all aspects of that relationship. Well, that makes, that makes sense, right? Well, so let, let's talk about in, in this, your kind of experience as a building software companies, especially for, for lawyers. And, and we were talking about what to expect as a lawyer out of a software company. Could you kind of expand upon that a little bit? Yeah. So in our view, and and you're right, look, I've been, uh, for better or for worse, I've been doing this for a long time <laughs> in this space. I started my case back in like 2010. So it's been, it's been quite some time. I have quite a lot of experience in this specific niche. And in our opinion, um, or I guess my opinion, I should say, there are really two value propositions that you can deliver to a law firm. If you are a service provider, if you are a software company, whatever you are, if you are providing something, a service, a product to law firms, that's your business, you really can only provide one of two value propositions, mm-hmm. right? Um, or you can, there are only two that you can provide. Maybe right. you could deliver both. Maybe you could deliver both. But there are two value propositions that are, that are available to you. One is saving time, right? And this is because, yeah. you know, as lawyers, some of us charge a lot. I don't charge anything for my time anymore because I don't practice. <laughs> but I, but I used to, I used to charge probably more than I was worth. But we tend to be, you know, expensive for, mm-hmm. by the hour, and so our time is money. Right. And if you're if you're saving somebody, if you're saving a lawyer time during their week that is being spent on things that are not necessarily billable, mm-hmm. then then obviously saving them that time and giving them that time back that they could go actually bill for is valuable. Right. Now, I'm in a different school of thought. I always think that if I can save you two hours a week of billable time or of non-billable time, don't bill more. Just go enjoy life. Right, go spend, right, spend right. those two hours 
you know, on the golf course, on the beach, go for a walk. Like, I think that's more valuable, but that's neither here nor there. Right. The point is that you're saving time. The other value proposition is getting more business, Mm -hmm. right? Those are the two big levers. You can save me some time, which is time is money, or you can get me more business. And those are the two value props that I think at the end of the day, it really boils down to when it comes to legal tech or legal services, you are providing one, one, or if not both of those services of those value propositions. Yeah. And I think we can, you know, I, I, as the legal tech advisor here, I create taxonomies in our website and I'm, I'm tasked with kind of dividing up the software that we review and, you know, the partners that, that we have. And I, I think you can put all of the, like you said, value propositions of any of the companies that we have on our website into one of those areas. You know, I, I think you're absolutely right. A, a practice management system is going to save you time. A, a CRM is going to save you time and potentially get you more business. A virtual receptionist, again, saving time, getting more business, all, all of that. I, th- I think you're absolutely right. But I, I think there are, you know, when we get into that, there are still some really basic ways of doing that. And everything kind of looks a little different, but we're talking kind of, um, in order to save time, a lot of times we're, we're automating. Yeah. You know, we're, we're doing something for you. Yep. And so I, I think you hit the nail on the head. To me, the best way nowadays to save time, and, and we've actually uncovered some data on this recently, and it's pretty staggering. But nowadays, automation, you know, this is like kind of what we, what we focus on at Lawmatics, but there are a lot of ways to automate. But mm-hmm. automating your practice now is really key. You know, I used to think it was actually a competitive advantage, you know, in the last five years, five years ago to be automated. Now it's almost becoming table stakes. Yeah. But you need to have some automation and it's, it is the best way to save time. And before, when you'd be looking at products, you're, you're thinking, okay, great. This, this product is going to save me an hour mm-hmm. or it's going to save me two hours. And that is very, you know, even an hour or two hours during the week is really powerful for a busy lawyer, right? Yeah, yeah. But what we're seeing is automation saving 20 hours a week, Yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, significant time. And you almost start to think, man, like, how is that possible? What am I, I'm not even spending 20 hours on things that are administrative or non-billable. The reality of it is you are. Right. You right. just don't even realize it. And it might not be you who's spending that time. It might be your paralegal. It might be another support staff who is somebody who, you know, maybe they're they're you're they're being billed for, maybe they're not. Mm-hmm. Kind of doesn't really matter. The point is that there's lots of valuable things that they could be doing with their time. And if they're spending it on repetitive tasks, you know, maybe each task takes five minutes here, five minutes there. But when you're doing that, you know, so many times over the course of a week, that adds up. And so when, when we look at just some statistics across the spectrum here, and we see, you know, like 16% of firms saying that with automation, they save 10 to 20 hours a week and 32% saying that they save six to 10, right? That, that yeah. puts us with almost 50% of firms that use automation saying that they, they save anywhere from six to 20 hours per week Right, is just staggering the amount of administrative tasks that are being, that, that are automatable at this day and age. Well, yeah. And I, I think two things with that. One is that we're not talking about giant, massive 300 lawyer firms that are saving six hours a week. We're, we're mm-hmm. talking about small to medium sized law firms, you know, that, that are. are saving six we to are. 20 hours. And I mean, quite frankly, that's real money. That's real time. 
So in your experience, though, because we're talking about, yes, we are talking about repetitive tasks, but we're kind of talking about tasks that are hiding, I think. How do people find that repetition? You know, what, what's the best way to go about finding those? What I'm thinking about is like the spaces in between tasks. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think that that's the really important part, right? Because what I think a lot of lawyers struggle with sometimes when they think of automation is trying to make these massive macro automation like workflows, right? And right. they think they think really, really big instead of starting really, really small. Mm-hmm. And that's where the value is, right? The value is in those small things. Mm-hmm. And then that's why I encourage all lawyers to not not try to do this themselves, but yeah. to really start with their support staff. Because what you want to do is you want to find those things during the day. You want to find the things that are happening over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. The things that get automated are repetitive tasks, right? You're not going to necessarily automate. You're not going to automate reviewing cases, right? Like things right. that require you to form opinions and to take in data and think about them, right? Right. But things like sending out a document to be signed, right? Capturing an e-signature or preparing a form to be sent out for client intake, right? Mm-hmm. After they've hired you or scheduling your consultation, like things that happen the same, you know, day in and day out being done by you, the lawyer or a paralegal. Those are the areas, those are the lowest hanging fruit. That's where right. there is significant value in, in finding ways to automate. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I think it has been difficult for me to find ways to automate sending out a request for admissions. Yeah. When I was practicing subrogation. I would try to to figure out, but even in that, I think there are small things that we can automate in that process if we really break it down into sections. Yes, we may not be able to automate the entire request for admissions, but we may be able to automate the creation of the header, the creation of the caption, the you know sections of it. And I think, like you said, talking to the people that are doing the work, but also kind of keeping track of that. I think keeping track of how long it takes to do. Let's stay on this request for admissions thing, because I think it's kind of a thing that we think, oh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm never going to be able to automate that. But I think we could probably tease out a few things that you could. And if we tracked how long it took to do each section of building the request for admissions, sending it off, keeping track of when when somebody should send back a response to that, keeping track of whether or not the attorney has that in their hands. You know, I think we could find places that we could automate if we track the time, you know, if we, if we tracked how long people are doing things. Well, so what's so interesting is that like you bring up a, a really awesome point about how to think about automations. Cause you know, again, like a request for admissions, which may be this, you know, a massive project in itself. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're right. Maybe there, there are definitely parts of it that you can't, but the problem is, is you, you got to think about automations, not just in terms of doing actions for you, mm-hmm. but like automations can also be triggers to remind you to do something or set up around timing. Right. And so yeah. you, you can find the in-between, right. So, you know, maybe you have to, you know, review what, what needs to be prepared, you know, information that needs to be taken into account for this, for this particular document, whether it's request for admissions or anything else. But then, you know, once that review happens, there's, you know, there's like, there's a waiting period or there's like another part of the process that it needs to go through. And then when that part of the process is complete, you just want to be alerted about it. Right. Right. And so sometimes the automations are just about making you more efficient with, with like your schedule, right? Like, because a lot of times what happens is, you know, something goes into a process, you know, that has multiple steps and maybe those steps can't be automated. But the problem is, is that it gets lost 
right? And you end up right. like, you just, you just get busy. And you're like, oh my God, I forgot to do that and do this. So like automations can be used to help keep you on task with some of these projects that can't be automated themselves. Right. I love this because I think this is a place that people don't really think about with the term automation necessarily, but it's, it's workflows. One of the things that workflows do, as you're saying, is if I go into a case, if I go into a case file and I have to review it, I have to review the whole thing every time I go into this case file in order to figure out where we are. And then I have to take a phone call and I set it down and I, I put it to the side and, or I have to take a meeting or I have to do something, I have to go to lunch. I, I don't care. But then the next time I pick up this case file, I have to review the whole thing to figure out where I am. And there are six people working in this case file and I've got different tasks that they're doing. And every time they have to go into there, they have to review the whole thing. But if we set up task flows, workflows, and we have checkboxes and we have tasks that are checked off, then I can go into it and say, what's my task that I'm doing? Because we've already organized it. And I think that's something that gets lost in this idea of automation. Because like you said, I'm not doing anything for me, but I am saving a ton of time. Yeah. And not only are you saving time, but you're not letting things fall through the cracks. And yes. another really good example, like a, maybe a bit more, you know, not as sexy an example of that is an automation for, okay, let's say some, like you have a lead that comes into your website, right? And you have an automation that is designed to send them out a text message with a link to schedule the consultation, mm -hmm. right? But they don't schedule. Well, just continuing to send them the same you know, the same message in the same format mm -hmm. by the same method of communication is probably not going to work if it didn't work the first time or two. Right. Right. And so oftentimes what we see then is it's, it's an automation that has a task thrown in at a certain point that says, Hey, you need to call this person because they haven't scheduled their consultation. Right. And right. so it's this idea of like weaving tasks that you need to actually do into an automated process because kind of to your point, like if you don't have that task in there, this is what's going to happen. That lead is going to not schedule their appointment. And guess what? That lead is now dead because you are not going to go through. You don't have a system. You're not going to go through and be like, oh, let me look today at everybody who, you know, who came in but didn't schedule a consultation yet. You're not going to do that. Right. But if you're given this task, oh, here's my task today. I got to call this person. Oh, I can see exactly why I need to call them because they came in as a lead and they didn't schedule their consultation. Like, this is really important to your business. You know, that, I think that's a fascinating thing because when, when I think of automation, and I think a lot of people do this. When, when I think of automation, I think of saving time. You know, we, we go back to your two uh, value props mm -hmm. of saving time and getting more business. And I think automation is going to save time, but it also benefits if it gets me more business. And like you said, staying on top of those tasks and, and having, I like to think of those sorts of tasks as the ripcord. That's the, hey, somebody needs to look at this. And that's a fine place to be in your, in your um, workflows is we have a regular automation, this task, this task, this task. And then if this thing happens, it gets kicked out so somebody looks at it. And for that example, that automation or that task is going to get you more business. You know? And so it's not just about saving time. And I don't think about that with automation very much. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem, right? And I think that's what we... You know, what we can try to do is share our experiences, share what we've seen working really well for law firms with the community, right? With, with mm -hmm. other lawyers and help mm -hmm. them understand like the way to look at it. Because I think also what you see a lot of times, 
our lawyers just get a little intimidated with automation, right? You give them great power to do these things and it can, it can sometimes be a bit overwhelming. And if you think, you know, if you just start thinking about it more on a micro level, you just tend to get better results. And we've just, you know, we're in a position to have seen so many different law firms automate so many different things that we just kind of have a great idea for what, what some best practices are now. Right. And I think just sharing that with lawyers just really helps them be less intimidated by building automations. I think that's absolutely true. And, and people can, you know, I, I'm actually a part of, of the, the Lawmatics. I don't know if it's official or unofficial Facebook group where, where people, you know, kind of kick back and forth a lot of information yeah. about that. But I, I have seen people look into these things, look into automation, and they do want to build these giant machines. You want to build this huge thing that has, and kind of backing up, you alluded to this, but I, I think it automation to me is a trigger and an action. Or actions. Yeah. Yes, yes. And people want to create these big machines that have trigger, action, trigger, action, trigger, you know, just a, a series of this. Yeah from the start. And if you can do that, more power to you, I guess. But I think what you're saying here is find a specific thing, find a small little task that you can say, okay, this is easy to trigger. And here's an action. And this action doesn't actually have to be done by a computer or something like that. The action can be done by a human, but the triggering event is really, I think the important part there. Totally. I agree completely. And I encourage, like, look, I think there's a time and place for the big automations that have, you know, several different if then branches that take you down different paths, but generally speaking, less is more, mm -hmm. right? And and the and the reason why we like breaking down automations into bite-sized pieces is because, you know, imagine you have this massive 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 automation and that you first of all you have a lot more points of failure that like everything after mm -hmm. it's a chain, right? So if if a link breaks up here, it's going to disconnect everything else, right? Right. So you have a lot more points of failure. And if you're, if you're more manageable, it's also a lot easier to edit and change things, right? Because if you have this massive, massive, massive automation with a hundred actions and all these different if-then statements, going in and understanding how the flow works, making edits to it can sometimes be a major nightmare, right? right. And so if you have automations that are limited to like six or less actions in general, it's just much more manageable. It's much more easier to understand and read your workflows, right. your automations, than if you have these big, massive things. Yeah. And I, I think that gets into being able to use them more. You know, if you, if you mm -hmm. modularize your automations, because I, I think one of the things I was able to do in my practice was create a macro that just put up a caption. So whenever I was in a document and I wanted to put up a caption, I hit, you know, like control Q or control shift Q and a table with the guts of a caption for my, my pleading was there. And then I also had a macro that, that did a uh, certificate of service at the bottom. Prior to doing that, I would have to go search for a, another document, copy and paste. And that saved me a lot of time, but it's a really simple automation, you know, and it can mm -hmm. be done. You know, you think about things like text expander, it can be done in a lot of different places, but it's just this small piece that's redundant, you know? Yep. And I think like what it takes, it's not easy to do this necessarily. No. Right. And so the, the, the thing is, is like what we encourage lawyers to do is like, just invest a little bit of time. Like we got to remember, like it's going to take a little bit of time, but like the amount of time it's going to save you is staggering. Right. So it's worth the investment. If it takes you 10 hours to like plan out your automations and get them built, 
that pales in comparison. In fact, I would argue that like almost every hour you put in, it saves more on the back end, right? Mm -hmm. So spend the time to actually map out your automations, like write them down, right? Jot down, jot down. You don't have to like draw them like, oh, this is going to go here and there. But just like write out like, hey, this process is going to do X. Like if this happens, I am going to do X, Y, Z. So like if this person fills out this form on my website, I want to do this, this, and then this, right? Right. And you just, you know, you just keep writing those things down and talk to your staff and getting a list of those things that like, you know, when somebody does this, I want to do this. And you just write all those down. And that is your template then for going and creating these automations. It makes it a lot more simple. Yeah, I, I think that's that's exactly right. And I'd like to speak in terms of drawing these things out, but I think you're absolutely right. Like I have always had a big whiteboard behind me and I draw them out on a whiteboard, all my kind of decision trees, but I think you can and do the it. Pod, the podcast can't see, but you've got a nice whiteboard right behind you right now. R- right, right. And, and that's, I've just always, I've always had one in my offices and and this is actually a sticky one that I just kind of throw against the wall. And that's how I envision it. But I think people can do an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. I've had assistants that really think about it in a, a Word document. You can do it in a, in a OneNote document. You can do it on, on a legal pad. You know, I, I've had people that, that we work with in our, in our program where I just say, just draw it on a legal pad, take a picture of it. Now it's digitized, you know? But I think you're right of just expressing it some way. And wh- what do I want this thing to do? Well, let's talk a little bit about the types of things that are available for automation. I think we can use Lawmatics as an example, but I think this is a good example of what you could do with other things as well. So you've got workflows inside of of Lawmatics, you know, kind of like a series of tasks, tasks and alerts. And then you've also got kind of building documents inside of there that can be automating documents. What else are ways that people can kind of think of these automations? I think like, look, again, and it's, it's a little bit of a loaded question in the sense that like, we know at Lawmatics, this is kind of what we do. So like, there's actually a lot of things that you can automate in Lawmatics that you just can't automate in other platforms. That's yeah. just, you know, it's just kind of how it is. But I'll use Lawmatics as an example of what you can automate because I think it's, again, like that's, that is like the core of what we do. It's what our focus is. Mm-hmm. You kind of can automate anything and that's the beauty of it, right? It's like anything that Lawmatics like lets you do you can automate it. So like, you know, sending emails automated, right? Mm-hmm. Creating documents automated, sending documents for e-signatures automated, being able to send text messages and, and client communications automated. Mm-hmm. You can automate interactions. Like, again, it's like, for example, Lawmatics has a client portal. So something that you need to do when new clients come in is invite them to the client portal. Right. And so we built an automation action so you can automate the inviting. And so it's like, again, these are things, it's like things that need to happen all the time are things that are audit automatable. I think that actually gets kind of into, into an important thing when looking for a platform that will allow you to automate or looking for platforms that will allow you to automate. I was thinking about automation the other day and how you do it. Basically, like literally. You have to have a trigger, you have to have an action, but a piece of software or a platform has to have control of that trigger or that action. It has, to, correct. it has to keep track of whatever it is, is going to fire off that trigger. And it has to have control of whatever it is, is going to make that action. And I look at zaps 
as an example, a lot of times, you know, something will say, hey, we, we integrate with Zapier, which is great. I think that's a wonderful first step a lot of times for automation. But you look at the action and you look at the trigger and they're lacking because there's not something that keeps track of whatever the trigger is and there's not something that can fire off that action. So when looking for a platform that will automate, I think of what has control over these things that I need to do. You bring up another really great point. Like automations are only as good or your ability to automate are only, is only really as good as the triggers that you have available, right? Right. What I think lawyers need to be very careful about with some products that are out there is you need to be very careful not to confuse automation with workflows, right? So yes. a good automation platform can also build workflows. And when I say workflows, like, like you mentioned it, workflows to me are really just like a series of tasks that are created. Mm-hmm. Automations are things that actually do things for you. Right. Now, an automation can create a task for you. So mm-hmm. that's part of workflow. But like, like a workflow is not necessarily going to like prepare a document and get it sent out for signature or, a do, you know, it's going to actually like invite somebody to the client portal. Like those right. are more automa- automation actions. And so you have a lot of programs out there that call themselves automation, mm-hmm. but really all they're doing is automatically creating tasks for you to do. Right. And so you just need to be very careful. Like that's not automation. That is just building a workflow, but you're still the one who's doing it. So it's like, you might have a program out there that automatically creates a task that tells you to send the document for signature, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't send the document for you. You have to go in and actually send it. And that's not automation, right? Right. And so it's an important thing to remember there as you're looking. I think so. But I I think we, we kind of need to split this one hair, I think kind of going back to a little bit of what we were talking about earlier, where the automation doesn't necessarily have to do the thing for you. But in that workflow, you know, it could still be automation or would still be automation if it alerts you to it, instead of just being a task, if it sends an email to you saying, you need to do this thing. Because I think we can still consider that automation because we have the trigger that creates that. And then it's alerting a human to that. We, I guess I want to say we don't always have to, we can have a human doing the task, but it still needs to kind of have that alerting, have that ability to do something for you. That's exactly right. And, and, it's, and it's, a, it's a fine point that some people kind of mm-hmm. miss, right? Mm-hmm. And, and some, some programs out there like to conflate that because they want to say they have automation, right? Right. And just as a consumer, I think you need to be aware, right? Mm-hmm. But then again, coming back to, to triggers, like the triggers are so important because the platform needs to have control over these things. So it's like, it's one thing to just be able to trigger saying like, okay, if, if they like fill out a form, right? Okay, right. great. We can trigger. But it's like, what if you want to trigger it off of like, if they've paid an invoice or if you want to trigger off of, you know, whether they've signed a document or not, mm-hmm. or just being able to trigger off any sort of conditional logic based on fields, which right. is sort of like the greatest power that you could have inside of an automation. And so automation actions are obviously very important. But equally as important, if not more important, are how you can trigger those things. And so it's very important when you're looking at a platform to make sure that they are going to have the ability to trigger a series of actions based off the criteria that you're going to require. The common ones you know, that we see most law firms needing are signing documents, mm-hmm. filling out forms, paying invoices, sending files that are requested, mm-hmm. and, then, and then generally like being able to, you know, to, to trigger off of fields. Right, right. Because I, I think for me, a lot of times it's when a date comes up. Because if you can trigger based on a date coming up, then you can do the kind of negative 
of if this thing hasn't happened prior to this date, then we can take this action. You know, if somebody hasn't signed the contract prior to this date, then we need to send an email, just send an automated email. So I, I think in talking about the automation, kind of to, I don't think we can do a sum up of, of automation, but, but basically you need to be able to have a way of tracking these triggers and then a way of, of having a platform do something. I mean, I, I think that's kind of the, the basics of automation there. That's it. It's like, to sum it up, you need to have a strong triggering mechanism and you need to have actions that can be done for you, not solely reminding you of things that you need to do. Right. Yeah. Well, Matt, I got a lot of good information out of this. It's always good to talk to you on all of these sorts of things. If people want to learn more about these types of things, obviously they can connect with you. They can also go to lawmatics.com. I think you guys have a free trial and demos there and videos on on what can be done and they can really dig into um, how Lawmatics could help them. Yeah, that's the best place to go. Check it out. We are obviously are always happy to talk to people, to customers and share our experiences and things that can really help you automate and mm -hmm. how to build these things. And, and there's, to me, there's really no, no more valuable resource as you're setting out to do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Matt, once again, thanks for being with me. Uh, I really appreciate the information that you provide. Um, and I, I look forward to, to seeing you next time that you're, you're on the podcast. Yeah. Likewise, Zach, it's, it's always a good time to chat with you. The Lawyerist Podcast is edited by Brittany Felix. Are you ready to implement the ideas we discuss here into your practice? Wondering what to do next? Here are your first two steps. First, if you haven't read the Small Firm Roadmap yet, grab the first chapter for free at lawyerist.com forward slash book. Looking for help beyond the book? Let's chat about whether our coaching communities are right for you. Head to lawyerist.com forward slash community forward slash lab to schedule a 10 minute call with our team to learn more. The views expressed by the participants are their own and are not endorsed by Legal Talk Network. Nothing said in this podcast is legal advice for you.